Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our good friends at manscaped.com. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping on your entire order worldwide. Manscaped just launched their Platinum Package 4.0, and it's their best deal yet. It includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, body wash, two-in-one shampoo conditioner, boxers, a shed travel bag, and so much more. Don't forget to use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout from manscaped.com to get 20% off your order and free shipping worldwide. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we discuss the scariest scenes in movie history. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to our show. Anthony here. And James here. Today, we're going to talk about some of the scariest scenes in movie history. We put together a list of about 30, 35 movies, something like that, and the specific scenes in these films that we think are just the most terrifying moments in movie history. And these are not moments that are like, they're just like messed up or like crazy or gory or graphic or scary. That way, these are more like scenes that we could think of that were just like spine tingling terror-inducing, incredibly thrilling, and just, like, made you your skin crawl watching it. And also, you need the suspense, the tension, the buildup of the scene. So it's not just really one moment, but more so an entire sequence that really just scares the living daylights out of you, whether you watch it from home or you're watching it in the theater and you're jumping out of your seat. These are, I think, um, the best moments in history, both international and American films, that really showcase how powerful horror can be in a movie. And a lot of these scenes are actually either the climaxes of the movie, the final moments of the movie. So we will give you spoiler warnings for movies where this is like the ending of the film. For example, we'll talk about Rosemary's Baby and that ending. So if you haven't seen that, we'll give you a warning and stuff like that. And also great turning points in film, in the movies and the stories as well. But also some of them are just opening scenes like in Scream, the original. So this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about because we love horror. We're going to definitely try to keep doing more of it because we know yeah, you we don't all do love horror. We don't we, do two years in a row we did like entire Octobers of yeah. horror, but I think it's more fun to space it out throughout the year. I think it's more fun too. It's way more it's fun. A, it's a great time. It's a great, it, time, it's at a the great films. time at the films <laughs> and on the podcast. <laughs> do you want to start us off with this incredible list? Yeah, so I, I want to start off with I think the scariest scene in movie history, which is the basement scene in Silence of the Lamps in which Clarice is hunting down Buffalo Bill inside of the basement. It's honestly... I've seen this movie 20 times, maybe more, and it's still to this day, when I watch this sequence, especially if the lights are off and the sound's up high, it really gets me, and it's horrifying. The first time I saw it was just, like, traumatizingly scary. Uh, it really is, it hinges on Jodie Foster's great performance. I, I think that she elicits fear so naturally and so realistically that her body's shaking and going from scene, room to room, and there's so many doors, and, like, he could be behind any door, and just the horribly scary design of the uh, the production of the guy's basement. And then obviously the famous uh, night vision scene when the lights go out and Clarice can't see anything and he's just watching her. I think it's just an unbelievably stunning sequence, one of the best uh, moments in cinema history. But I think this is number one for scary scene ever made. I think I'd put it as my number one too because I remember the first time I saw this scene and I don't think I've ever been that scared during a movie scene before because it's long and it's also the climax of the film and it's all the suspense of the movie has been built up here and they cross-cut it brilliantly because it's an excellent script, best Academy Award for Best Screenplay, Academy Award for Best Directing from Jonathan Demme and the directing and, and writing as well as Joey Foster's acting is so phenomenal and just the cross-cutting opening of the doorbell ringing and we thinking that the FBI is going to show up at the door, but they're at the wrong. They're in the wrong state in the United States. They're in the wrong, completely wrong location, and she's just on her own. And all this suspense has been built up of wh who is Buffalo Bill? How are they going to find her? And she finally tracks him down. We know what Buffalo Bill looks like. He answers the door. We're like, oh my god! Mm -hmm. And just the entire sequence. It lasts like fifteen minutes from when she's ringing the doorbell yeah. to the end of the film. We won't exactly we won't spoil exactly what happens at the end, but. It is such a terrifying sequence, as well as the woman who's been trapped at the bottom of the tunnel and the dog and everything. It's just, it's so fear inducing, so well crafted, brilliant directing, brilliant movie. And I agree, the scariest movie, scariest movie scene in history. Nice. Number happy, happy to agree. Yeah, I concur. I should have concurred. concurred. <laughs> All right, number two, we have The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the David Fincher film, where Michael Blomkamp has been kidnapped by the villain of the film. 
and he's in the basically the murder basement of the movie. I won't spoil which character is the kidnapper and the murderer. Mm. And he's in the basement of the serial killer, completely helpless. He is tied up. He's got a bag around his head. He's being tortured. And just the just the kill room in general is terrifying enough. It's not it's it's so San, it's so sanitary and mm-hmm. sterile. It looks like a hospital, but that's what makes it so scary is because it's so clean. And also, he, the pop music that he plays um, in the background that's playing throughout the room, and uh, the killer videotapes him. And I've, I've read the book before we saw the film, and we also watched the, the Swedish, the Swedish version. So I knew, I knew it was going to happen, but when I saw Fincher's version, I know it's going to happen, but still, I, saw, I was in the theater, and I was like, this is horrifying, just because you have the lead character who is completely helpless, completely vulnerable. And, like, it's it made me feel like I was close to death myself. Like, they, these are the final moments of this man's life. And uh, it, it felt so realistic and authentic. And it, it just felt so visceral. And I just think Fincher, he's on this list a few times, but for a, for a good reason. He's so talented at capturing a tone and a mood and a scene. And this really is... I think one of the scariest moments in any serial killer movie. It's Michael Blumkvist. Blumkvist, not yeah. Blumkamp. Yeah, you're sorry, thinking, you, you mixed him up with the filmmaker. Yeah, so but great character, Blumkvist. and also yeah. just the torture scene, the suffocation, the hanging, yeah. and the and the character. His only hope is Elizabeth Salander coming yeah. to save him, mm-hmm. and we won't spoil what happens. But it's an incredible movie. We really wish they were able to make a trilogy out of this Fincher because it is such a great film. It didn't make enough money to warrant a trilogy, apparently, to the studio, which is too bad because, man, this movie's incredible. Rooney Mara and our boy Danny Craig and Stellan Skarsgård are the, the three leads in this film, as well as Christopher Plummer. So, so good. Now, before we continue, the best way you can support Raiders of the Lost podcast, besides using our coupon codes, is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast, where you get awesome perks like personalized videos, Patreon shoutouts on the show. Every patron also has access to weekly bonus episodes. And our $10, $25 tier, and $100 tier patrons have access to our Discord, which we have our watch parties and interact with every day. $25 Godfather tier patrons and $100 tier chosen patrons also get their own custom episode that you choose. We'll cover whatever you want. It's just for you to watch and enjoy. And also our $100 tier patrons get in executive producer credit on the show as well as other great perks we also launched our podcast masterclass online course last year so for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast our 22 chapter 46 video lesson course will give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show the link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com or just go on our website raidersofthelostpodcast.com you know the link it's right there in the homepage. make sure to follow subscribe wherever you're tuning in thank you so much for watching and listening around the world hit the notification bell leave those five star reviews now let's get back into the scariest scenes oh. in movie history we're gonna go into international territory for the next one which is a japanese film called audition takashi Miike's great classic film it's uh, one of the best horror films of all time if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it i did an audio review on it um two weeks ago um, spoiler free if you want to just get a rundown for the film. But the, I don't want to spoil it. But the climactic scene of the movie is one of the most horrifying moments I've ever experienced while watching a movie. It's spine tingling. It's gruesome. It's horrific. It's 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 just I've never seen anything like it before. It's so disturbing. And it's, it's it has a similar uh, idea as the dragon tattoo murder scene where you have a lead character who's completely helpless. Uh, but it's just you watch this movie and you're like... Wow, I don't need to watch this again. <laughs> but if you like that kind of stuff, like I've seen it a few times, but it really is, without a doubt, one of the most traumatic scenes of all time. Yeah, and I love when lead characters are so helpless in situations because it really just takes all the hope you have as a viewer, as an yeah, audience it sucks member, the hope out. sucks it all yeah. out. It's like a dementor, just takes everything out of you, <laughs> and you think there's no coming back, and it really puts you in the shoes of that character that's mm. being tormented or tortured or about to die. It's so, so visceral, yeah. and there's so much emotion, and it. it really connects you to the film so much. That's a great point, the, the lack of hope. It's, I think is really a big thing that works with the Dragon Tattoo It works too. with a lot of horror yeah. films as well. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have The Ring, the original horror film. And the scene specifically is the final kill in the movie. Again, if you haven't seen The Ring, you might want to listen to this part. Maybe fast forward ahead. But we're going to do our best not to spoil stuff. So that's your warning. So The Ring, obviously, we know is about this 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 uh, monster villain who is inside of a monster. <laughs> Watch out for the monster villain. Monster villain. The monster villain's coming to get the monster, you. The monster villain <laughs> is coming to get you with her hair. 
And so it's the VHS. You play it and you watch it and you're going to die within seven days. This girl comes to the TV. You're in the final scene. <laughs> I'm a monster villain. <laughs> I love when they spoof it in scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it seven days? Do, do business days count? What about weekends? <laughs> what about holidays? Well, what's the holiday? <laughs> Memorial Day. Well, then no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, but obviously the, the monster comes to get you through the TV and she comes and gets you and, you know, everything floods. But the final film is the character Noah's death scene. Mm-hmm. And... They do a great job cross-cutting Naomi Watts' character coming to try to save him at the same time of him putting in the tape, finally watching yeah, it, yeah. finally seeing what the tape is and what all the fuss is about, basically. And I love how it's just slow suspense. We don't even see what happens to him, which is really brilliant. We, we just see him fumbling around, knocking stuff over because of the te- terror of this being coming through the TV. Well, that's a great point. You're not, you don't actually see what the monster does to people physically. Um, which I thought was really smart by Gore Verbinski, who made the film. He also did the Pirates trilogy, the first trilogy. Great director. But not showing that also adds to the mystery. And then just watching this great movie monster emerge from the television. Monster antagonist. Monster villain. (laughs) Watching the monster villain. And she crawls out, and the makeup design is amazing, the hair, and then just the water water on the floor. And the the way the actress moves and performs, the physicality of it, really brilliant. And I, we saw this as kids. It was horrifying. It was so scary. And it was a great way. Gore Verbinski so smart. He waited until the final moments of the film to finally show you what exactly happens when the videotape plays after. And the, having the monster just like in that scene with the real person showed you that, oh, this thing is fucking real. It's fucking scary. In the final shot of Naomi Watts' character oh, yeah. coming to the room, he's fa- he's in a chair not facing her. And she slowly walks up to him and twists the chair and screams at the reaction yeah. of what his face looks like now. I think this is a very underrated horror film. I think it's excellent. Plus, Hans Zimmer did Hans the score. score. He doesn't Woo. do that many horror movies, but really, he adds so much suspense specifically yeah. in the scene. It's really integral to the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next up, we have Jurassic Park. Two scenes from it. So two scenes, which, I mean, if you... On the surface, you think it's like a big family, great, big budget movie, but there's some great horror scenes. For me in particular, the raptor kitchen scene, that got me as a kid, and it's still terrifying in the practicality of, you know, the com- combining both the CGI with men, stunt actors inside the raptor suits, you know, seeing these realistic-looking raptors and the kids running away from them, hiding from them, um, the, using the reflections. Uh, the Accidentally gr- using yeah, the reflections. Yeah, yeah, and then the excellent score by John Williams. And then when they finally chase the kids, but it's so fear inducing and it's so well crafted. And when I was a kid, it was horrifying. And I remember we took our our niece and nephew to see it, a re-release of it. And he was like, I think eight or nine. Bit much for him. And he was like, he's like, "Uh, guys, I'm gonna. He goes, he said, like, guys, I'm not gonna look. Okay, I'm not gonna look. We were like, you're going to love it, man. Yeah, the dinosaurs. <laughs> then, I, then I forgot how scary some of the scenes are. Yeah, and it's, I think the sound design is so effective in that moment as well with the kitchen appliances, the pots and pans, mm-hmm. the raptors jumping on top of the cabinets, the claws, the the, the raptor sound effects. So that, that scene is so terrifying, the spoons. When they when they open the door, man. Yeah, but when also when, open the when door. he's trying to close yeah, the yeah. thing and the raptor thinks it's him, but it's oh actually – when well, you think yeah. it's him too, it's, yeah. but it's actually the reflection. So – Excellent directing and execution mm-hmm. from directing kid from Steven Spielberg, <laughs> another monster villain, another monster villain. <laughs> but also the T Rex scene is also yeah. very terrifying. This is when the car's broken down outside of the cage, and the lamb was just there, the goat was just there, but now it's gone. And, and they're like, "What happened to the goat?" And or lamb, I can't remember which one it was. Goat, goat, yeah, yeah. Lambs are fluffier. And then the the attack of the T Rex after the electrical fences have d- been disarmed. And it's like, it's time to play for me. Playtime's over. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's the attack on the on the cars, and it goes after the kids, and just the T-Rex, you know, going through the windows and the sunroof of the of the SUVs and trying to eat the kids. And then the we all know the sequence. And also and the, 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 flares. He, the, the, the T-Rex just, like, looking through the, the windows, trying to see the kids, this giant eye. Yeah. Uh, she's, she shines a flashlight right in his face. It's like, no wonder why he attacked it's you. It's raining. There's mud. Yeah. There are so many threats. Not only the T-Rex, but there's, they could be crushed to death, but they could also drown in the mud and the water from all the rain building up. And it's yeah. just so incredible. Amazing. It's another great long sequence. And yeah. just excellent directing from Spielberg. Amazing scene. Next up, we have 
Scream, the opening scene with Drew Barrymore, which is really what catapulted this movie in this franchise into just huge pop culture phenomenon. This opening scene is so essential to the film, to this great slasher reimagining of the modern era in the 1990s, 1996 when it came out. And Drew Barrymore being such a big star and being killed off in the opening sequence, not only was it just inventive and fun, but it was just shocking for audiences to see. And just Mm -hmm. the torment on the phone of a new killer because I'm sure we've all been prank called or a lot of people harass people on the phone call. Especially back then. Yeah. We were prank calling with our friends. Yeah, but also people get harassed on the phone a lot. And so instead of now, it's usually text messages. But it was really terrifying, it's I think, DMs. for a lot of people. <laughs> yes, the, the unsolicited DMs. <laughs> but now I'm sure this was very fear-invoking for a lot of people because it probably felt real up into the actual attack. Yeah, and Drew is great in the scene. But the directing's excellent, and it's a great sequence. It's like nine minutes long. It really sets up the film, but out of the entire Scream franchise, it's the scariest sequence by far, and it really set the stage for what that movie would end up becoming, and it's a very good horror film, but that that scene is so legendary, and it was such a brilliant way to start the, the film, without a doubt. All right, next up, we have my favorite horror movie, The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin. Now, there are a lot of, we all know, really scary moments of this film. And it's really hard to pick like one scene because it's like the last hour is just like all horrifying. But I think that in terms of moments, like a, a sequence that is really scary, scary is when both the priests are trying to control her and trying to calm her down and trying to get a handle on the this, the demon that has possessed her. It's it's this moment where we we the audience realizes they have lost control completely of her. Because they do get an upper hand momentarily, yeah, but yeah. then they lose it. Yeah, and the demon is just completely overpowering them. And how the demon controls her body and contorts it, but especially the head spin. The head spin moment was a moment for the audience to be like, oh my god, this is like, they're they're in the moment of like failure. Like, they're going to lose, and this demon is so powerful. And just the imagery of the head spin is just spine tingling and... And it's famous now. It's a famous thing, and it's been spoofed plenty of times before. But I think the freaking's directing in that moment, like this two-minute sequence of them realizing, oh, we are in over our heads. Iron, uh, pun yeah. intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. And our audience has never really seen anything like that before. Yeah. So it's so shocking, I'm sure, for the era to see that in theaters. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have The Shining, and we have two scenes from that movie. Uh, obviously, iconically, the bathroom scene where Wendy and Danny are trying to escape the window. Danny manages to get out because they're being chased by Jack, who has the axe after he escapes and everything. Mm-hmm. And now it's just Wendy who locks herself in their bathroom. And at, and Jack chopping down the door with the axe. Here's Johnny. One of the most horrific scenes in movie history mm-hmm. from one of the best horror films ever made. So terrifying. The performances are so sensational. And really, Shelley Duvall... Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson are why this movie works, and Shelley is so terrific at at getting the fear induced inside of you from just watching her performance. And she seen, obviously we all know she had a traumatic experience on this film, um, but she does she gives an incredible performance as Wendy being tormented by Jack this entire film basically, and also the typewriter scene after she discovers that his pages that he's been typing for months now all just have the same goddamn sentence in different shapes and sizes. How do you like it? All work and no play. Makes Jack a dull voice. How do you like it? How do you like it? (laughs) When you come in here and you You hear hear me typing typing. (laughs) or you don't hear me typing. (laughs) So I think that scene's also horrific and and just that's the more of a suspense scene of just building terror and dread with with the orchestral sounds then Jack coming into the frame behind her and then chasing her up, slowly chasing her up the stairs while she has the baseball bat. That I think... The other one's more shock terror, but this is the the, the type rank scene is more dread. For me, I picked the the bathroom scene as my scariest scene in that movie because of the the buildup of of tension about that room, and Jack when he finally enters it, and then just the brilliant sequence of him seeing the beautiful woman come out of the bathtub, and then uh, she reveals herself to be a, a a demon monster villain, demon monster villain, <laughs> and then Jack it's just it's in the music, it's the first time that Jack's. Oh, you're talking about the bathroom scene yeah, the bathroom in 237? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's the first time Jack's experiencing anything that Danny's been experiencing, The Shining. And I, I think for me, especially as a kid, I think that was always the scene for me that just got me every time. I concur. Next up, we have a 
French film from the 1950s called Diabolique, which is a wonderful horror film. It's really, it set the stage for horror and, you know, uh, Psycho was made because Diabolique was so, so good. And this was made years before Psycho. But this film is about two women who plot to murder. um, It's a a man, he has a a mistress and a wife and they plot to murder him. But then things go strange and he begins kind of haunting them in a way. I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a sequence at the end of the film in which one of the lead characters is being encountered by the spirit of the dead man. And it's an amazing moment of sound design, of cinematography, and of music. And they craft this incredible sequence of dread as she's moving down this hallway and entering a bathroom. And uh, something crazy happens in the bathroom. And this sequence, I think, is one of the best horror moments ever made, ever crafted on film. If you, if you like, if it's, but it is, a, it's, a, it's a long movie. It's over two hours long, and it's a little slow, and it's obviously uh, French. But if you could, if you like those kinds of movies, you should definitely check this out because it really defined horror, the horror genre for the future, and it's really an unbelievable, spine tingling moment. It's, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite scary moments in of all time. Came out in nineteen fifty five. Thank you. Great film, black and white. Next up, we have Alien, the chest burster scene, which is so effective, not just because of the practicality of the situation. Audience never seen anything like this before. But again, the buildup of this moment, which they spend about 20, 25 minutes doing because obviously the team goes to explore the ship that they found and they find uh, the alien eggs and then... Kane gets the face hugger wrapped on him, and then he brings on the ship, even though Ripley think, wants doesn't want to break protocol, but Ash lets him on board, and then they cut it off. And then they're just having lunch. He wakes up from his coma. They think everything's good. They're eating, they're eating dinner. They're having a blast. They're all laughing. Then all of a sudden, he starts coughing, and then something happens, and then he starts to bleed out of his chest, and something's coming out of his chest, and something pops out of his goddamn chest, and it's an alien head, and everyone is just in shock. They can't believe what happened, and we have already talked about on the episode that we did on Alien. It's a good episode. That they, they the cast didn't exactly know what was going to happen, what it was going to look like. They knew something would happen. They knew an alien would be coming out of him at, somehow, but they didn't know like visual effects-wise practically what it would look like. That's why so many of the reactions were authentic and genuine. But it's just a terrifying moment. This moment defined this entire franchise and created one of the most horrific and terrifying and maybe the best movie monster antagonist villain of all time. Absolutely. Monster <laughs> movie villain. monster villain. Monster movie monster, monster villain antagonist. Movie monster villain antagonist. That's the new slogan. And then Alien also has another scene that deserves to be on this list, and that's the, the climactic scene of Ripley traveling through the ship. Um, first, she goes to set the ignition to blow up the ship and then she tries to cancel it and so she has to move through the ship all the alarms are going off smoke lights are flashing and the alien could be anywhere around any corner hidden on the ceiling or in, or in the walls and Sigourney Weaver does an amazing job portraying the fear that she's feeling as the character and I moving through the, the ship is so terrifying I it with the volume up, lights off, and a big screen, this moment, this sequence is just incredible. I think it's one of the best moments of the entire Alien franchise, and Ridley Scott and Sigourney really pulled it off. Next up, we have The Wailing, South Korean horror film that came out in 2016, which I think has been on Amazon Prime for yeah. about a, a year or two now. So if you haven't seen this movie, go watch on Amazon Prime. Obviously, don't listen to how we're about to spoil the most terrifying scene, which is at the end of the movie, where the character, the priest character finally discovers that the villain, the antagonist of the film, is the devil. And we were watching this really interesting slow burn scene of terror and dread where he's just there in front of this fire inside this little cave. And he's watching this character slowly morph into a demonic, gross figure while taking photos of his reactions to watching the transformation and just laughing in horrific like pleasure and it's really terrifying and it's 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 just when you watch it it's just an incredible climax to a long slow burn film it's one of the most disturbing scenes i've ever seen and i watched it and i was like oh my god i can't believe that and the character is basically he's trapped in this cave with the devil and he's going to be trapped there for who knows how long and the devil is going to do whatever he wants to him and it's really an amazing ending to the film um because uh, evil wins at the end which is always fun to see but it's just really well done, and it's really horrifying. It's it made me like I I ended I finished that movie, and I was like, holy. F- 
Yeah, you showed me that movie when it came out. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, jeez, Louise, love it though. We skipped one, number eleven, before the. Whaling. Oh yes, 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 yes. This is a great. I one. got it. You I can got take it. care of it. We have Zodiac, our next Fincher feature, and I think everyone can agree on this sequence of when uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is investigating the the posters from the movie theater uh, to find out who exactly painted the the posters and wrote the handwriting on them because it matches uh, Zodiac's handwriting pretty closely. And then he, he, so the man who invites him in, who owns the posters, he invites him into his home and he seems like nice, but also very strange. And it is kind of a weird tone. And then they, uh, and then the character reveals that I'm, I do the posters. It's my handwriting. And then Jake, it's very similar to Dragon Tattoo, like fear of offending over fear of death is more powerful. So rather than running away right then, he decides to follow him into the basement to to look at, to find the, the film reel of the dates. And then while they're in the basement, that's horrifying. And then he hears, what he thinks he hears is uh, footsteps above um, from within the house that he can hear creaking on the ceiling of the basement. And the, there's no music. It's all sound design, great lighting and cinematography, excellent performance by Hall, And it is absolutely horrifying. And then he runs out, Hurries through the hallway, tries to open the door, but it's locked. He's like trying to break it open, and then the the man comes over, simply unlocks it, and then he says, "Okay, have a great night." And then he lets him leave. And you're like, "Was that Zodiac? Was it not the Zodiac? I can't believe he even survived and got out alive." Yeah, because when you watch that, you want Robert to get the hell out of that room and out of that house immediately when the guy says he does the posters. But Robert's such an interesting character because he's so obsessed with Zodiac and trying to find out who it is. He knows he might even die, but he just has to know. He just needs to know. He's, his family's torn apart. He's lost his work because he's obsessed with finding the Zodiac. Obviously, he writes his book and becomes successful. But his obsession with who the Zodiac is leads him to that basement, even though you're screaming at him not to go down there. And it's so great. Get out of there, Jake. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Love it. Next up, we have Pan's Labyrinth. And this is the pale man scene with Ophelia after she uses her magic chalk to open doors and portals in her objective from the fern. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, not the fern. The fern. <laughs> the talking fern. The talking fern in the forest. <laughs> Lovely plants. The fawn is to retrieve the key down there. And the sequence is terrifying. But not to touch anything. But not to touch anything. And it, we've, we did a whole episode on Pan's Labyrinth. I love this scene because Ophelia, she's walking past this ent- entire elaborate table full of delicious foods and treats and everything. But this horrific monster is sitting at the end of the table. The fawn didn't exactly tell her what's going to happen uh, if she does it. But does she know that the fawn, I mean, the pale man eats children? Or she discovers from the, the murals, the murals all yeah. over the ceiling and the wall. So she knows that. But I love how she's hypnotized by the food. You can argue that she's, you know, gr- growing up. Uh, in poverty, and also her mother didn't let her have dinner that night, so she's probably starving. Also, she's a kid. Also, she's a kid. Kids break rules. Maybe there's yeah. some sort of hypnotic spell going on as well, but she can't resist and has to take a bite of a grape, the juiciest grape I've ever seen in a movie before, and, and she takes it, and, and so... It's like a, it's like a Denethor cherry after, tomato yeah, bite. After she gets the... <laughs> the Denethor versus the tomato. <laughs> but it's after she gets the key, and then she bites the grape on her way out, and then she gets chased by the Pale Man after he wakes up. Yeah. And just the character design of the Pale Man that Guillermo del Toro came up with, his fascination with his genius horror, horror mind, just came up with this character that has eyeballs and a tan. It's like Ickis from Mon- <laughs> Real yeah. Monsters, the cartoon. Yeah. But then he's Crumb. Crumb. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. not Ickis. Crumb. And the Pale Man chasing her down the hallway, and she's trying to reach the the opening that she made with her with that the shrieking portal, with yeah. the sh- well, yeah, and the shrieking down the hall, yeah. and the and the chalk, and the shadows coming up after her. It's a terrifying sequence until she escapes. And then, the, yeah, the creature design is horrifying, and the way it moves, and uh, it's just one of the best movie monsters of all time. But this, the chase down the hallway, is terrifying. So disturbing. It's amazing. So disturbing. Next up, we have. The Blair Witch Project, which took the world by storm when it came out. Um, but the film's ending is really what seals the deal for it, for it, where the lead actress is lost in the woods and she's lost her friends. Uh, there's some crazy witch monster movie, monster, what is it? Monster villain. Monster villain chasing her <laughs> somewhere. And then she finds uh, a little little shack and then she enters the shack. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's terrifying. <laughs> and then she's moving through the... The, the room, and then around a corner in the dark area, she f- sees what appears to be her friend just facing the wall. And then 
you hear a scream and they cut to black. <laughs> it's amazing. Goosebumps and tingling. And uh, when I saw that for the first time, I think we were like 11 or 10 when it, when we saw it. And it was just like, holy Younger than that. I think it came out in 99. Yeah, maybe 99. It scared 90s. the hell out of me. It was horrifying. Yeah, it's a terrifying movie for what it is. It's so well done Honestly, for like 20K. It really works. And the genius of that is it was a viral movie. Like there'd never really been a viral social movie where people were like, is it real? Is it fake? Like people, like, people thought was it was real. Some people was thought it was real and yeah. authentic. People were like going to the woods to find the Blair Witch. They were finding these twig structures that people oh, were yeah, making yeah, and leaving yeah. around. It was really cool how it just took over the world before the internet, really, before social media. The Blair Witch Project was just a viral phenomenon. Back in the long, long ago. Back in the long, before, long. We don't have smartphones back then. <laughs> yeah, we had payphones with the, with lines that connected to the wall, <laughs> cables of the wall. <laughs> the wall. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Jaws. Breaking through the boat in the third act of the film, the climax of the movie, where the Jaws, he's like, had enough with these goddamn... The the Jaws Jaws has had enough with the goddamn barrels. He's like, I'm sick of this shit. He starts crashing into the sides of the wall when there's a nice moment of, like, they're chilling. Yeah. Enjoying themselves. Yeah. Bashing into the wall, breaks into the ship. No Uh, music. Yeah. Oh, and they weren't chilling. No, that was before that. Yeah, yeah. because what's-his-name is in the the water with the scuba gear. Yeah. Um, but Jaws has had enough. He starts taking the ship down, and Jaws is huge and terrifying, and obviously he eats our boy, which is horrific as hell, but just watching him try to cling on to real to anything he's, on the boat. He's falling. He oh slides down slowly into the giant mouth of this great white shark. Horrific. And then after that, when Brody goes down into the into the ship to get uh, some weapons, and then Jaws breaks through the wall and window there and he's just like his, his the whole shark is just there and brody's just like trying not to get caught by him it's it's horrifying it's so scary and also right before that um uh, he broke through the uh what do you call the the cage the cage yeah down in the water it's just so scary that entire sequence is just 10 minutes of horror and dread and it's so well crafted and spielberg again great directing yeah. and great writing where you're separating separating the characters you know we have someone down in the water we have someone on the yeah. ship and then someone's getting eaten by a shark so scary it's <laughs> really effective we'll jaws do, we'll do one more yeah the jaws we'll do one more then we'll go to our intermission sounds good next up we're going to do a more recent film hereditary and the scary scene in that mo- in that movie is without a doubt uh, the mom chasing sequence that at the climax of the film where Tony Collette is just secretly like on the ceiling of their son's bedroom in the dark, and then when he like turns around, she like she like runs away in the darkness, and then um, she chase. Then she like just screams and chases him across the house, leads him into the, the attic, and then he thinks he gets away, and then he sees like her on the roof, just like hacking through. Watch, watch oh, the f bombs, but it's like six this episode. Sorry, he's and she's just cutting through her neck with barbed wire, just like. I think it's piano wire. Piano wire, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And it's until her head just like is completely severed and flops onto the ground, and it's and then he sees all the naked, crazy cult people in the darkness of the attic, it's like watching him, and that makes him jump out the window out of fear. It's an amazing sequence, a great like six minutes of the movie, and really like, makes it. Yeah, Paymon finally takes over the body of her for a little bit before he can go inside Peter's body. And it's terrifying. Yeah. And the sound is so great because it's so quiet. But also, he discovers the the burnt corpse of his father in the yes, living room yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. that's even more horrific for yeah. him as well. This character just goes through much in this third act. It's terrifying being chased, like you said. Alex Wolf did an awesome job. He's a yeah, great, awesome great job. actor. This movie, yeah. it's it's really it's so effective because of great directing and writing, but also the performances from Alex Wolf and Tony Collette really make this movie an all time great horror film for mm-hmm. sure terrifying i love this ending though it's so such good. a good ending so came on is risen it's so it's nuts so great all right how about we'll move into our intermission and then we'll get back to our horror movies season scenes let's do it of monster, monster villains. villains one of the scariest scenes you could ever experience in your life is not being well groomed so go to manscaped.com and get the lawnmower 4.0 groomer from our friends using our coupon code Raiders of the Lost. You'll get 20 percent off and free shipping from the number one place to get all grooming needs for men, Manscaped also just released their Platinum 4.0 collection in June, which is their best deal yet. And this includes the following products. Get ready for this. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a weed whacker, ultra premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, deodorant, 
anti-chafing ball deodorant, crop reviver ball spray toner, <laughs> free gifts. You get boxers and a shed travel bag. It is really the best deal you can get from Manscaped.com using our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout. You get 20% off and free shipping on your entire order worldwide. Join the over 2 million men using their products right now and get on it. Some of the best movie posters of all time are from horror films like Rosemary's Baby and Seven and Get Out. You can get these amazing posters at MoviePosters.com, the number one place for your posters online. Use our special promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. They have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their arsenal, as well as options for all sorts of sizes, framing, and backlighting. Again, Head on over to MoviePosters.com for all your poster needs and use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order today. Now let's begin our intermission and begin with the movie quote competition. What do you got? You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let me set the scene though. Set the mood. So in this scene, there is torrential downpouring happening. Is there a monster villain? No, there's no monster villain. There's torrential downpour happening outside. So it's raining like crazy. Uh And the the quote is, I don't think the heavy stuff is going to come down for quite some time now. The cable guy. No. Damn it. Is it Jim Carrey? No. Damn it. Hold on. I don't think the heavy stuff is going to come down for quite some time now. Hmm. I don't know. Caddyshack. Oh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Man. Good one. Thanks, man. Here's my quote. <clears throat> You're looking so well, darling. You really are. They've done a marvelous job. I don't know what sort of cream they've put on you down in the morgue, but I want some. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's Gustav yeah. in uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Correct. <laughs> Guess this movie release year. It's also Anthony's life. Never been kissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um... Uh, that's a good... Ah, what is... How old is this movie? I'm gonna go... 98. 99. Ah, oh, damn. Banger year for movies. Big year for movies, yeah. Guess this movie release year. Hannah. The Joe Wright one. 2000 and... 6. 11. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Sorcerer's not that young. I mean, not that old. Yeah, just so old, too old. All right, movie pop. You can't take her home. Look at her. (laughs) She's too old. (laughs) Happy Gilmore. Yep. (laughs) Another quote. Yeah. Mista, mista. (laughs) All right, movie pop pop quiz time. Name every movie that John C. Riley and Leonardo DiCaprio are in together. Gangs in New York, The Aviator. Uh, is there anything else? Let me, uh, let me, uh, I'm going those two. You're missing one. Shit. What is it? What's eating Gilbert Grape? Oh my God. I was just He's thinking Scorsese. It's one of his early movies for yeah. uh, John C. Riley and yeah. Leo, obviously. Oh my God. Such a bonehead. Hey man, don't sell yourself short. Good, you are good really... quiz question. Thanks pal. Great one. Here's my quiz question. How many Oscar nominations does Sir Ronan have? And if you can, can you name the movies? She was nominated for an Oscar for... Just guess the number first. Okay, the number is... Two. Incorrect. Three. Incorrect. One. No. Four. Yeah. She's got four noms? Yeah. Damn. She's like one of the best actors alive, man. Oh, I know. So Lady Bird. Uh-huh. Um, Little Woman. Uh-huh. Brooklyn. Yes. And oh man. Hannah. Her oh. breakout movie. Hannah. Atonement. <laughs> Atonement. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> she's right. one of the youngest people to receive an Oscar nomination for that yeah, movie. Yeah, she's wicked young in there. She was like 11 or something. Good question. Good question, man. Yeah, I was like, I'll do a list this time. Yeah, James loves his list. <laughs> I do love my list. All right. We have a bunch of unsubscribes today. Let's hear it. It's like we... Uh, I love it. It's so we have some funny ones. All right, ready? Okay, in our Top Gun episode, Joseph Stremick wrote, 
Arai is pronounced Arai, not Ari. Unsubscribed. <laughs> I probably said that. <laughs> Sounds like, <laughs> Sounds like something I would say. <laughs> Will Middleton wrote, just listen to weekly chat number six, and as a native, your pronunciation of Edinburgh hurt me. Yeah, he DM'd us you, too. I think you said Edinburgh. I think I said Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> it's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Edinburgh? No, yeah. it's Burra. Edinburgh. 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 He's probably still listening. They're all wrong. <laughs> He's still okay. Everything you said was wrong. <laughs> We're doing our best. <laughs> Will Henry Gleave wrote, I was listening to you discussing the grandfather paradox and it made me want to unsubscribe, JK. <laughs> I was thinking about my interpretation of Back to the Future too. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was very funny. We, he actually wrote a great like take on it, but it's like several paragraphs. So I, oh, I, got, I got the pronunciation right here. Ready? Let's hear it. Edinburgh. 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 Next up. Uh, Anthony DeMeo, I tried that ginger turmeric pepper death shot, and I hate you now, James. Unsubscribed. <laughs> Just trying to trying to make you healthier, bro. It does taste like it was terrible. I'm telling you, you I used to do it. it. I actually enjoy it now. I put it in my shakes. I can't just do a shot of it. It's, 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 put hairs in your, put hair in your chest. <laughs> um, next up, Jeffrey Rush. Uh, Benjamin Cook wrote, Jeffrey Rush does a good Aussie accent because he is Australian. Unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was my fault. <laughs> I said that Jeffrey Rush did a great Australian accent in Nemo. <laughs> You're like, he's like, that's his actual yeah. accent, idiot. Uh, next up. Idiot. <laughs> Derpy Spaceman. I love your guys' show. I drive a lot between shows, and you guys keep me awake and interested nonstop, but unsubscribed. <laughs> but then someone didn't get the joke and wrote, piss off. And then he said, oh, boy, someone doesn't get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Dr. Batman wrote, I'd love to see an episode on Rick and Morty. I think if your brand of analysis would be perfect fit for it. If not, I might have to unsubscribe. <laughs> of course, I would never do that. <laughs> also, Matthew Gold wrote, since you haven't yet discovered an answer to world peace or hunger, unsubscribe. Then <laughs> I have, I have two favorite comments of the week. So in a video we posted, a clip we posted about uh, Eric Stoltz being fired from Back to the Future, but they kept filming with him for a week um, just to keep things going. Uh, Sergeant Major Ten Ten wrote uh, whispers, "Quotes, yeah, don't put any film in the camera today." Unquote. <laughs> 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 I saw that one. And then we have a real hater, um, Ozan Osekin, uh, so I hope I got that right, wrote, he wrote in our 100 Movies to Before You Die episode, he wrote, video is long and in first five minutes you lost me because of your own commercials. And I wrote, this is not a three minute podcast. <laughs> I love how you, you were worried about pronouncing pronouncing his name right. I still want to be respectful. <laughs> Actually, we have an unsubscribe and a five star review Let's from hear Alec Goodman. It's just the title is podcast. <laughs> I, lo I love your podcast. You two are very creative and make my long shifts a lot less long. Keep up the good work. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> love it. All and right. We have a Godfather shout out for today. Donnie Payne. Donnie. 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 He became a Godfather tier patron recently, and he's always Damn. active in our Discord. Donnie. Damn. Yeah, Donnie's always at the watch parties. Yeah, he's always with the watch parties. This guy's very pizza, funny. He's yeah. pizza guy. He's, he's yeah, he's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> always hitting that thing. I love it. <laughs> he always comes and he's like, <laughs> you'll see a cloud of cover his screen. It's so funny. <laughs> but um, Donnie, we love interacting with you. We're, we're so happy that you're always with us on the Discord watch parties and in the in the chats as well. And Donnie picked an excellent movie for his bonus review. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> this movie tormented me when I was a yeah, kid. Our brothers loved it, so we watched it a lot when we were kids. And it's super weird, super creepy, crazy. It's an awesome, just cheesy. Those balloons, man. Yeah, the balloons, man. <laughs> it's about aliens from outer space who- Killer clowns killer from outer cl space. But they're aliens, but they look like clowns. And but they're, they're scary clowns, like the, giant the teeth. and Great monster villains. Yeah, excellent monster villains. But we can't wait to review that. I, I want to watch it again. That's a great pick, Donnie. I haven't seen it for years, I but it'll, revisit it'll it. be a lot of fun to talk about. On this day- in, Well, Donnie, you're the best. Donnie, Thanks again. Thank you. On this day in film history, today is June 13th in 1925. Charles Jenkins demonstrates the transmission of synchronized pictures and sound, which would become television. In 1962, Lolita was released. In 1985, Pritzi's Honor, starring Jack Nicholson, Kathleen Turner, and Angelica Houston, is released. Angelica Houston won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in that role. 1989, License to Kill, the 16th James Bond film, directed by John Glenn and starring Timothy Dalton, premiered in London. In 1997, Hercules, the animated film, is released. In 2008, the Incredible Hulk is released. 
In 2012, The Amazing Spider-Man premieres at the Tokyo Film Festival. And in 2014, 21 Jump Street and How to Train Your Dragon 2 are released. Happy birthday to Malcolm McDowell, Stellan Skarsgård, Chris Evans, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, Kat Dennings, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, and Cody Smith-McPhee. Big list. Big list. Lots of birthdays today. Uh, streaming recommendation from me is going to be In the Heat of the Night on Amazon Prime. I picked Operation Mincemeat on Netflix. It's got great reviews. I haven't seen it yet, but it's doing really well critically. And I love World War II films. It's a really fascinating true story. And I Colin Firth is the lead, as well as an excellent cast of British actors. So be sure to check that out if it's your five. Moving on back to our best, scariest Movie, movie villains, still, movie monster, monster villains, villains, scenes in history of cinema. Uh, we left off at Hereditary. Now it's time to move on to Carrie, and not the prom scene, but actually the next sequence when Carrie goes home to confront her mother after she gets her uh, humiliated and kills the entire town. Yeah. And the sequence with her mother, who's trying to kill her because she thinks her daughter is the devil, which she basically is. Yeah. And that scene is just, I think it's terrifying, her yeah. trying to find her mother in the house. Her mother's hiding in the shadows behind, behind the, the door, door and everything. Yeah. It's great. And then the way that Carrie <laughs> defeats her and just leaves her in a great symbolic Jesus Christ on the cross pose with the knives in her hands and everything is, is yeah. incredible. Even with her head like to the side. Yeah. It's great. Like De Palma is one of my favorite American filmmakers and this is was his big breakout as well as Stephen King's breakout book. And it's really so well done. The music's awesome. This sequence is really terrific. We didn't choose the prom scene because it's more like crazy than scary. Um but this moment, especially because her mother is the villain of the movie, like she's the antagonist of the movie, and excellent acting, especially from Sissy Spacek. It's a t terrific film. Great sequence, which ends with her friend having a nightmare about uh, the crumbled house after it caves in on itself. And right after the dragged down to yeah, hell, dragged down to hell, and then Carrie's arm reaches out and grabs her. Oh my god! Great, <laughs> great third act. <laughs> Oh, this man. is an incredible last 40 minutes of this movie. From the prom scene then, yeah. insane. Amazing, amazing. Next up, we have Psycho, the famous movie. Uh, you knew it was going to be on this list, and it's the bathroom scene. It's the reason why it's always on these lists, because it is so effective filmmaking. Excellent acting from Janet Lee. The music from Bernard Herrmann. Uh, the bathroom scene is a legendary moment in film history for good reason. It's so well done. It's scary no matter how many times you see it. Um, the entire sequence is just a flat out from the moment she turns on the shower to her dead corpse laying on the floor of the tub. It's just an amazing five minutes of filmmaking. Next up, we have Misery, the 1990 horror thriller, which stars Kathy Bates and James Caan. Kathy Bates won Best Lead Actress Academy Award and Golden Globe for this movie, which was much deserved because also she... Best of Monster Villain. <laughs> yeah, Best Monster Villain. I think she's this is one of the most underrated horror villains in the genre ever because yeah. her uh, character Annie Wilkes, uh, you've all seen this from the movie, I'm sure, discovers that her favorite author has crashed his car in the middle of a blizzard and she saves him brings him home and is tending to his wounds because she's also works at the hospital supposedly as a nurse and little does he know that he, she is going to eventually trap him there forever as long as she can for her to finish the second or the better version of the final to book to her liking to her liking yeah. so that her character that she loves so much has a better ending and one of the things that she does to trap him there after he's starting to heal from his wounds as she takes a was it a sledgehammer or a club yeah. and just breaks both of his ankles with it and it's horrible because it's done practically and they show it and with these fake ankles of course but it's just it's nothing's made my skin crawl and like I'm just cringing thinking about her hitting just the fir the first leg, but then they show the second leg as well. Yeah. And this was directed by, by Rob Reiner. He did a great job in this movie. And this is one of the most horrifying scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, and just James Cann, like, begging her before the first strike. He's, like, begging her and pleading with her. It's horrifying. It is a great movie. Yeah. It's great. Next up, oh, another Stephen King one as well. Next up, we have 28 Days Later. And this movie is an excellent zombie horror film. And we picked a certain scene for this movie, the church scene, after Jim wakes up in the hospital and then he's traveling through London, London, trying to find uh, someone who's around. He enters a church and he sees a, 
bunch of bodies inside the church and then he sees a priest who he assumes is just like a normal priest and he tries to ask him for help or talk to him but the priest reveals itself to be a bloodthirsty zombie that starts chasing him and attacking him and Jim tries it's it's a couple minutes of him trying to escape this zombie priest and it's horrifying it's the first reveal of what's going on and after this there's the huge chase sequence of the zombie group starts chasing after him but it's an amazing moment of the film and we understand some people don't think these are zombies it's up to you I think it's up for interpretation whether it's rabid blood disease or whatever or zombies it's still fun it's a great time it's a great time Uh, next up we have Nightmare on Elm Street, and this is going to be Tina's death scene where she's trapped inside the dream world with Freddy, but then uh, her boyfriend wakes up and finds her being tortured in the real world as well by an invisible foe, and she's dragged up the ceiling. There's blood pouring out of her everywhere. It is terrifying. You're seeing a lot of it practically happening on the ceiling. Really terrific, terrific directing, and obviously this is one of the most iconic horror movies of all time, but I think this scene is horrific. Yeah, it's so it's a really good movie. Wes Craven, really, it's his best film. And the filmmaking is super creative and practical. I love it. Next up, we have another South Korean horror film, Train to Busan. And this is, without a doubt, one of the best modern zombie movies of all time. And one sequence in particular is really scary. And it's the train sequence when you've been with the characters for a while on the train and they know they know crazy things are happening around the cities but they don't really know exactly what's going on they just heard on the news that things are happening and then they finally get off at a station and the station's pretty empty and they're like okay we're okay this is a safe area like nothing's bad has happened here and so the entire group of passengers they're just moving through the station like business as usual like um things seem okay and then uh they start moving down escalators and then they see other beings down on the floor moving up the escalators and they well it's military military, personnel yeah and they're not facing yeah yeah they think like oh they're good people gonna be saved but then they they all turn around they're they're zombies covered in blood and just like their dead bodies all over the place and then the zombies start chasing the people up the escalators and some of the people they hurry and go over to the 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 rising side but then some of them are just trying to run up the the lower side normal stairs and then it's just an amazing sequence the these hordes of zombies chasing the people through the train station you have the lead characters they're trying to get out also the father and son the father and daughter trying to be reunited and eventually only uh, a small number of people manage to get onto the train in time for the doors to close while the zombies are right on their tail yeah it's a great sequence and i love when the zombies are trying to bash through the glass doors that they yeah. managed to close it's it's so terrifying and they're so helpless and it's so bad it's a great moment it's crazy crazy movie uh, but plenty of scenes in that movie are also terrifying as well but that's i think the most oh, yeah. fun next up we have another david fincher film obviously seven and what we think is the most terrifying sequence is the sloth sequence when the raid team comes to the apartments of this man who they suspect is the killer because his fingerprints were left at the crime scene on the wall. Um, And they find this body of this man who they find out is barely alive, who's been trapped there for a year exactly to the day to that bed. And it's really, it's really terrifying. The music from Howard Shore really grips you in this moment. But I think just the concept of what this man's been through is what makes it so scary. Obviously, the reveal of his body and his disformed face and his malnourishment, what it's done to him, is also terrifying as well. But I think just the concept of what this man's been through is terrifying. Agreed. It's very disturbing. Next up, we have Sinister, which came out a few years ago starring Ethan Hawke. And the Bagul villain, the monster villain Bagul, is an excellent monster villain. Great character design, super scary and eerie. But... The scariest scenes of this film are the little Super 8 footage films, um, the the diaries, basically, of the murders of each family. And they are messed up, scary, gory, disturbing. The pool one, I think, might be the worst one. Uh, it really gets under your skin. Or the fire with the family you know, the fire one, inside yeah. the car. The fire one's scary, too. But And also, like, the, the reveals of Bagul, like, when he's standing in the bottom of the pool, just, like, looking at the camera. Super scary. I think it was a great, great horror film. Um, very underrated. Scott Derrickson 
did an excellent job, and he actually has a new one coming out, the Black Phone, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I think we could have had a great horror icon with Bagul, but they just dropped the ball with number two. Yeah, it ruined it. Yeah, and, um, was, I couldn't finish it. I turned it off. Scott Derrickson, we all know, made Doctor Strange, but this is a great, great, like original independent horror film, low budget. Blumhouse. Ethan Hawke's awesome yeah. in it as well. So love this movie, disturbing as hell. Next up, we have Get Out, specifically the scene where Chris wakes up before he goes into the coagula surgery room. This is where the patient has to learn of the coagula and what's happening to them because it eases the transition basically of the soul, you could say, of what the procedure is. And it's horrific and terrifying because now we know that this family... Everything that he's been predicting, everything is is TSA friends been predicting. Like they, it's happening. It's making sex slaves. Making sex slaves. It's terrifying. (laughs) It's horrible. Can you imagine waking up in that situation? Fortunately, Chris is a great protagonist and manages to escape the situation. But just that moment when he wakes up, the slow the slow camera movements, then also the shots of the deer on the wall and the Mm -hmm. TV. It's so scary. Yeah, it's really well done, and just the fear of like. What's about to happen to this man is what really sells it. Like, that's yeah. terrifying. And Daniel Kaluuya is a phenomenal actor, and this yeah. movie proves that he's just a superstar in the making. He's in a great Black Mirror episode, too. You should check it out if you haven't. Next up, we have The Descent, which is one of my favorite modern horror films. It's about a group of friends who go, what do you call it, cave diving? Or, something like that. Yeah, spurlonking. Spurlonking, yeah. They, they travel. <laughs> Not diving. They're yeah, just cl- cave climbing. climbing. Yeah, through ca- caverns um, in the wilderness, like a famous cave system, until we discover that uh, their friend is actually leading them, leading them through an unknown cave system, thinking it would be a fun adventure for them to discover a new, ta- a new cave. But they're being watched and hunted by these monsters, which have... They're, they're, they're humanoid monsters which have seemed to have evolved into the cave environment um, over several uh, thousands of years. So now they're like monstrous humans. Excellent monster design. But the moment, the scene that really is excellent for this film is the first attack. Because the first attack is a bunch of these monsters show up, they separate the girls, and they're all either getting killed or trying to escape monsters. It's horrifying. Uh, the the stunt performers who played the monsters did a terrific job. Their sound effects, the way they growl and scream, and they're all cannibals. They just eat eat people. That's how they survive. And it's really uh, one of the most memorable horror movies I think of the last twenty years. If you haven't seen it, you've got to get it on your list. Yeah, it's one of our favorites of the century for yeah. sure. We love this movie. It's so disturbing, and still every time I watch it, I get terrified. Yeah, but this it, this moment is horrifying because yeah, they're also. Mostly lit, lit by flares and flashlights. But also throwing the claustrophobia of yeah. being inside these caves. Yeah. And that's t- scary enough. But then throwing these monsters. It's so good. Such a great idea and concept for yeah. a villain. Next up, we have The Invisible Man. Which we're going to talk about a scene that made me scream on the couch. Because jump. Because uh, did you see this in theaters? No, I watched it. I rented it. Because this was right. This, 2020. Was the, this movie came out. Then COVID happened that same month. But it managed to have a good box office run, which is fortunate because it's a really terrific movie. Elizabeth Moss is awesome in this, but this Invisible Man sequence where the Invisible Man is chasing her through the house. She thinks she's crazy, but she knows there's this invisible being. Her ex is stalking her. She can't see him anywhere, but and now she's in the house of her friend, and he's just stalking her through the house. And there's a sequence where she goes up into the attic because he, she finds the phone up there. Yeah, his phone was ringing. Yeah. And because he, he's been hiding in there, stalking her. And then when she opens the door... To go down below to the, to the next level below underneath the attic to go back to the floor level. She swears she sees him. He's there somewhere. And then she sees a bucket of paint and throws it down. And it reveals him covered in paint. And I freaking screamed. <laughs> Anthony's like, whoa, relax, bro. It's just a movie. You're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> scared the hell out of me. This moment was so terrifying. But that entire sequence yeah. of her battling him invisible in the house is the best part of the movie. I That's think. excellent. But and that's, it's a great se- sequence of tension because the attic door has been opening. He could be anywhere just like watching her. He could be in the attic. So it's a great moment, five minutes of just building that suspense and that tension where his phone's there, so that means he has to be there somewhere. And then when he's finally revealed, it was a brilliant way to reveal him um, for the first time. Next up, we have the classic Rosemary's Baby, which is one of the best films of all time, just generally speaking. Uh, but the ending is really what seals the deal. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it right now, so save it. Fast forward, because if you haven't seen the movie, you should definitely watch it. But the ending reveals that um, 
the baby she's given birth to is now the Antichrist. And uh, we never see the baby, but we see her reaction to seeing the baby, and her reaction is just horror and terror. And if the baby looks anything like the dream sequence we, she had where the, the devil impregnated her, then this mo- this baby looks more like a lizard than a human, probably. He has his father's eyes. Yeah, so you can only imagine what the baby looks like. And then and then all, all the um, the followers are there. They're celebrating the birth of the Antichrist. And then she finally agrees. They convince her, like, be a mother to him. He needs his mother. And then she just accepts it. And the ending of the movie is horrifying because the devil has won. The Antichrist has been born. And he's going to be raised by this group of people and his own mother, which is just straight the, one of the most terrifying things to ever conceive. Incredible yeah. movie. Next up, we have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the meat hook sequence where there's so many terrifying moments in these films. Obviously, the first one's just so ugh, gross at times. Just like the the, the, the house, all the, the insects everywhere, the just the dirtiness everywhere. It's disgusting, mm-hmm. but also Leatherface, horrific monster villain in film history. And just the way... He uses the meat hooks for his victims to hang them there, and they're not even dead yet every time. It's just seems like the most the the most terrible experience you could ever have if you're being killed by somebody. Obviously, is just to be put up on a meat hook. I think it's the most yeah. disturbing thing I might have seen ever in my life. And what movie. what really steals the deal is like because the she gets put on the meat hook, and then she watches as he dismembers her friend yeah. right in front of her, and she's like, "I'm next." It's horrifying. It's one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen, without a doubt. It might be on this list the the most terrifying. It could be, yeah. Might be number one. Uh, next ne- up, oh, sorry. Next up, we have Poltergeist. Uh, great, great horror film, and the ending climax is just terrific. Where all the characters are encountering different moments of the the Poltergeist, different beings and monsters and ghosts, and uh, you have the giant monster in the room, or the all the all the skeletons in the water. There's just so much going on. It's like the a haunted house finale. It's so excellent, so scary. The practicality of the filmmaking, um, it's just unbelievable. Excellent music. I just, I love the sequence, and it's one of the scariest moments I've ever seen, too. Next, we have The Thing, the big sequence where The Thing is actually revealed. We see its form, which is terrifying. I gotta find other adjectives. I keep saying terrifying, horrifying, disturbing, iconic, (laughs) iconic, monster villain. Knocked out of the park. But I love the entire sequence. The blood sample sequence is also great, too, where they're putting heat to the blood samples to see who the who the thing actually is but to see the final the form of the thing when it's not taking the form of something else it's it's shocking and the design is like unlike anything you've ever seen before but this is just one of the greatest horror movies of all time because this monster's it's just a genius concept yeah and what i but I, what i find the most scariest moment is when they're doing the blood testing and but all the all the guys they don't trust they're tied up to the those chairs and then when they test, uh, I can't remember his name's blood, and it, they reveal the blood jumps out, so that guy is the thing. And then the guy's body just starts like shaking, and like things start coming out of him. And it, the two guys are still tied next to him, and they're like, "Get us out of here! Get us out of here!" <laughs> that that for me is the scariest part of that movie. Just like to imagine yourself being tied next to that thing as it's erupting and deforming and just mutilating. It's horrifying. It's so scary. Next up, last one. Last one, okay. We have The Wicker Man, not the Nick Cage one, not the 2006 one, but the 1970, I think, four um, one, which is really awesome. It's a weird movie, very strange film, but it's awesome. And um, what's the name of the actor who plays um, Saruman? Christopher Lee. Lee. Christopher Lee is the villain in this movie. And uh, I'm going to spoil it because I got to tell you what happens in this final scene, why it's so scary. But the the the, the, the police officer investigating um, a missing person, he enters this island. And the island is full of like these strange people. They seem to be like in a cult. It's very Midsommar-esque. Um, and eventually they capture him to uh, be used in a ceremony where um, they're making a sacrifice to their god. And they put him in this giant wooden contraption. It's like a wooden person. And they put him inside of it. And they light him on fire. And he just burns alive in this thing. But it's so terrifying because you're like, they capture him. And they're like, you're like, this is it. They're actually going to really burn him alive. And it takes like 10 minutes to go from him being captured to him actually like inside of this the structure just burning up and just slowly dying and screaming. But it's unbelievable, unbelievably terrifying. So 
just fear inducing and just like makes your skin crawl. Oh my god, it's horrifying and great acting. But I mean, it's, I think it's one of the most crazy, bizarre, wild horror movies ever made. And that's basically our list of our scariest scenes in movie history. Obviously, there are so many more you can add. I'm sure you all have plenty that aren't on this list. There are plenty of monster villains that we didn't get to. Yeah, there are so, so many, many monsters. So many. Films. Even some of the horror icons we didn't get to. Like yeah. Halloween the Closet scene is really great as well. That's really terrifying. Yeah. I mean, even Midsummer. Midsummer has some great horrific moments, like when he starts to see, uh, he discovers his friend in the shed and stuff like that. Yeah, so scary. many great horror moments that we didn't bring up, but we just wanted to make a nice little list of our favorites. We nice, really hope you enjoyed nice. this episode. I think we did a good job. I'm sure some of you just got a little disturbed listening to us describe these sequences because some are just terrifying. But the true crime skin, fans are like, give us more. Skin crawling. But that was a lot of fun. This is actually Anthony's great idea for an episode. Thanks, So everyone give Anthony a round of applause. Thank really, you. Really good stuff, pal. I'm just like happy that I'm appreciated for something. So You're so appreciated. Let's uh, wrap this up. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Raiders of Lost Podcast. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast. Take care, everybody. Goodbye, y'all. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast has been executive produced through Patreon thanks to Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, John Agratz, and Lawrence Smertz. Thank you to our producers. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.